everywhere you went, there were just little things that made the staying at that lake house different than any other lake house I'd stayed at at the, at the very same lake. If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition, another episode of Vacation Rental Success. And it's a sunny and going to be a warm November day here in Ontario, which is which is really really lovely, given that uh, that the snow is just around the corner. We're getting the winter tires put on the vehicles, and I am just updating my uh, pre-arrival guide that I send to our guests who are going to come in the winter. Uh, we had quite a few issues last year where guests were arriving and they were completely unprepared for the sort of winter we get here in cottage country. Um, the the roads in particular, they, they're so used to having roads that are completely ploughed out in the city and, and even their residential roads will get ploughed usually within a couple of hours of there being a snowfall, whereas it's very, very different where my cottages are, that um, the the snowpack in, certainly as we get into January, is going to be pretty, pretty deep and can be very icy in places. The road to our property does not get sanded. So it can be a little bit dicey icy at, at times. And, and although we manage all the time with, um, with good snow tires on our vehicle, and the occasional use of four-wheel drive, we still find that uh, that guests will arrive and they, they they just haven't bothered to even put snow tires on in the city. Which I I guess um, it's I wouldn't say it's unnecessary, but but perhaps people just don't think it's worth that expense. But if they're going to come travel out to cottage country, they need it, and uh, and so that's that's just something I'm reiterating on my pre-arrival pre-arrival notes. I'm also looking forward to uh, the festive season and people coming in for Christmas and New Year and making the property just just really stand out above any other they have ever stayed in. So I really want to concentrate on those little things and really think about what the impact of the property is, not from the time they, they walk in and, and bring all their luggage in, but from the time they just turn into the driveway. So, you know, how welcoming is it from the top of the driveway? When they get down to the bottom, are the steps going to be cleared of snow and ice? Is there going to be a shovel there so that they can see that if, if they do have snowfall while they're there, they're able to clear off the steps themselves? Is, you know, there's going to be the nice welcoming wreath on the door, the two little, um, I have two you know, little trees on either side of the door, which have um, which have nice Christmas lights on them, and and then of course just just making sure that you know we have a welcome mat, and that uh, that's a festive welcome mat. I want them to feel that they they have come to a festive place. It's not just this place that they've rented for Christmas or for New Year. 
it has that ambience and feeling so that the moment they arrive and open the door, they're going to get that wow impact. This has always been supremely important to me because there's a ton of other properties that people could choose from in uh, in our region. We are it's a it's a massive tourist area. There are thousands and thousands of cottage properties out there for rent and I have to make sure that mine is standing out from the rest so that it gets the constant and continuous bookings. So it's the little things that that really matter. And it was on the inner circle, a Matt's inner circle recently, that there was a post about the little things. And my guest today uh, was came up with so many suggestions in this thread on the inner circle that I wanted to invite him along. And uh, and his name is Richard Craft, and he owns. Um, condos, condo properties that he rents out in the Port Aransas area of uh, of Texas. And it's an absolute delight to welcome Richard to the show. So let's go on over and get this interview underway. So hi, Richard. Thank you so much for joining me from Grapevine, Texas. That's right. Well, I'm glad to be here, Heather. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. We've we've talked backwards and forwards over the last um, couple of years, bits and pieces, and and then you've been um, hugely involved with Matt's Inner Circle and just giving some amazingly good information for people. And then I know that um, that you've been to the Home Away Summit uh, recently and delivered a presentation there too. Let's go back to the beginning, and can you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself, how you got into the vacation rental business, and, you know, something about the properties that you actually own. You bet. Uh, well, first of all, I spent 30 years on the road as a corporate warrior, uh, and during that time, I uh, was, was doing vacation rentals basically all over the world with my family and friends, too, and before it really became a very big deal, uh, we used little local um, agencies that handled vacation rentals in places like Newport Beach, the Cayman Islands, and various places. And, and again, the, the 30 years staying in hotels, too, gave me a real uh, sense of stuff that uh, was that worked and things that didn't work for, for a traveler. And I kind of developed a little saying. It says that the, the measure of a guest uh, vacation experience is the sum of a million little things. Because sometimes it could just take two or three little things that can trip up a whole vacation or the stay at a hotel or whatever. And so I've always been focused on those little things that uh, either really made a great experience or destroyed an experience. And that's uh, one of my big focuses in handling my properties, which are located in Port Aransas, Texas, which we call down on the down on the Redneck Riviera. And that's just a couple hours south of the Austin and San Antonio area. So how many properties do you have, Richard? I have two condos right now. And and. Are you managing properties on behalf of other people, or or just because uh, I, I, you know, I, I hear you talking about um, uh, a network you have of other owners. How does that work? Yeah, I've got a network of about forty other independent owner operators, and it's it's an informal group, and we we share things like housekeepers and painters and you know air conditioning repair guys and stuff. But occasionally, 
uh, we'll, I'll go to somebody's property and help them. I'll do a walkthrough, an audit if you'd like, and, and make a checklist of things that they might want to uh, look at, mostly little things that they could do. Um, we'll also, I'll also do photography for people. Um, I don't do it. I don't charge anything for it because I'm all about supporting and strengthening our independent owner operator group. I, I love that you've you've said that because it's something that I've just been um, thinking about and talking to people about just recently. So in you know in the in the old days in the old days of vacation rental and I know when I started mine, um, we you know you didn't talk to your competitors. You didn't uh, network with them. You know, they went off and did their thing and you secretly looked up to see what they were charging um, and had a look at their listings and then tried to to do better than them. But what's happening now, I think, is this this whole networking thing where you know, your competitors are actually your friends and they're within your network now and, and you all learn and and share with each other. Is that what you're experiencing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and of course, I want I want to share with people who are at that level of service and and uh, that de- degree of uh, of uh, attention that that I like to have. I've had several people who wanted to network with us, but they just weren't up to up to, up to the game. They 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 just thought it was too much work, and so we we kind of don't network with them. It okay. sounds a little snobby, but but it you know it, it's got to work right. Everybody's got to chip in. Well, you know, I I think you're I think you're absolutely right there because we we experience the same thing here, and it's sort of self self selection process that uh, that people are, you know, they're, they're they're committed to the hospitality industry or they're not, um, right? You know, and they will eventually fall off the map, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Um, so you know, sadly, you know, you're probably the same as us. You just uh, they're going to fall off the map. You just sit there, sit there, and watch it happen. You know, I think they either you either get it or you don't, or you have that um, uh, that sense of nurturing and caring for your. Uh, you first of all, you have to care for your guests. You have to want to be involved with your guests. If you don't have that, it the, all the tricks and the you know everything else isn't going to do you any good. Well, that sort of segues into into what we're going to talk about today, which is uh, is the little things, or you, as you've said, the measure of a guest vacation experience is the sum of the million little things. What's your experience? What's your what's your background story to being so committed to getting those little things right? It's like I said, it's thirty years of, of staying in hotels, motels, resorts, or whatever, and uh, encountering all the million little things that could ruin a vacation. I had an experience where three little things happened. I got into my room, went to turn on TV. Their batteries in the remote were dead. So here we go. We walk to the front desk. We get some batteries. Go back to the room. Great. Eh, the bathroom lights burnt out. Here we go again. Call the front desk. We'll get a bathroom light. And then uh, I go get up the next morning to make my coffee in the little room's coffee pot, and there's no coffee in there. So here we are, and the PJ is walking down the hallway to get coffee. Now, those are all little things, but the sum of all of them meant I'm not staying at that hotel again. But then I've, but I've noticed little things, too, that I've picked up over the years. Um, one of them I stole directly from Mike, which was the, uh, the welcome, you know, the, the chalkboard that says welcome there's uh, some guys I stayed at a, at a lake house, and they had all the TVs turned to a, like a smooth jazz thing that was playing in the place. So you got a nice sense of you know of a mood that was set right off the bat. 
And there were just everywhere you went, there were just little things that made the staying at that lake house different than any other lake house I'd stayed at at the, at the very same lake. I've noticed this in a whole variety of of areas. You know, one of them we went to um, Nassau for the first time a few years ago. And, you know, I'd never been to the Bahamas, never sort of had the Bahamas type of vibe. And and just walking into the arrivals hall in the airport, you know, you've got off, you know, it's a three and a three and a half, four hour flight. You get off, you walk into the arrivals hall and there's a steel band playing. And you're immediately into this vacation mode and and you smile and all, you know, the, the trip, however long the trip was, the memories of sitting cramped in that seat and struggling to to eat the the crappy food has all gone and you're immediately transported into you know I'm now in vacation mode you know it's exactly where we're going with this is is just that one little thing like as you say music this I I learned that about 15 years ago when I walked into a cottage um here in Ontario and there was classical music playing and and you've got jazz you know it depends where you are you just it, it's it's not just a matter of having the music playing; it's having the right genre of music for the location. Right. It's nice when you, like you said, you you walked into the entry area and that you hit you hit the steel drums. It flipped with it's what I call flipping the switch. You know, it it takes you from your other mode into this new mode. It's flipping the switch, and it's not. It doesn't have to be a big thing. You don't have to have, you know. Uh, it, it be coronated as you as you walk into the place. I'm just just a little thing. Just flips that vacation switch and it changes everything around. It's a big deal. It really is. Well, you've categorized your little things into three areas. So you, you've yes. called them essential, nice to have, and wow. And I thought it'd be really nice if we if we go through this in a sort of sequential way. And let's start off with, you know, what details, what little things, do you think have to be part of every guest experience um the thing is of course it depends on the market um i've stayed in fishing cabins where just having uh, running water and a uh, and a coffee maker would have been a wow factor <laughs> you know and, and and not having to scrape spiders off of your bed that that would have been really nice in some of the fishing camps but i think for the most part in the uh, the vacation rental industry the thing that i see that I think that the three things that I think that are essential that you have to pay detail to is number one is of course your heating and air conditioning systems got to work and be in such a way that the guests can figure out how to use it and power and lighting. You've got to be able to guess. I've found this so many times I'll go into a place and by the, by the time I check out, I've finally figured out where the light switches are and what turns on what or turns off what. So power and lighting. And the other big area is, water and your plumbing um, sometimes low water pressure takes a long time to get hot water or toilets that are really old and outdated just th- those are those are the big category that's the that's my big category of little things is a heating air conditioning water and power uh, and and taking care of those things can make all the difference in the world we went to a, a property in exuma a couple of years ago and and the first thing I noticed when we walked in the door and it was we, we'd arrived at night and, you know, you feel around for the light switch and we, we yeah. switch that one on. And it's, you know, that that's pretty uh, that's pretty much a no brainer that the, the the switch next to the door is going to be the one that's going to give you the first light. 
And the first thing I noticed after that, that we were walking through the rooms and turning lights on, that every single light switch had a tiny little label underneath it. And it wasn't a handwritten label. It was, you know, it was a dyno. What do you, what do you yeah. call those little machines that, that just do yeah. those printed um, printed labels under each one? And I have to say, you're absolutely right. It You can, in some of these places, you can go an entire week um, on trial and error. And, oh, and after a while, no, I, it just gets frustrating, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I label every light switch. I mean, it's, I mean, sometimes, yeah, you're right. It's obvious that the light as you step in there is is going to do. But but sometimes it doesn't, you know. But people of my guest book and my reviews, people love the labels. They say that it makes them feel at home right from the start as if they have a concierge showing them around the house and how to use it. It's not as intuitive always. You know, there's another thing that I've done away with, too, is I've done away with dimmer switches. Um, I've been in a lot of properties that have those. And uh, I found they kill light bulbs really quickly. And some people will use a dimmer switch. They'll just crank it all the way down and think they've got a light off, but it's, it's actually got an on and off switch. So you're running your, your, your light bulb at really low voltage, and that'll, that'll eat it up. So I've, I've done away with all dimmer switches, too. It's either on or off. Which then allows has allowed me to go with LED light bulbs, which has been a saving grace. We we really would the voltage on our island is very inconsistent, and we were eating up about six light bulbs per month. And a year and a half ago, I put in LEDs. It was expensive, but since then we have not lost one light bulb, not one. That, so that's a really good point about the dimmer switches. I I hadn't thought about that, and you know I'm I'm taking notes here because you know. As it, over over the next um, year or so, I'm building a property and building it for vacation rental purposes in in the Bahamas, yeah. and and I I always thought that you know well I'd have the nice dimmer switches because it gives sort of ambient lighting. I had not given a thought to that, and I know that the electricity costs in the Bahamas are huge, so that's a great tip. I. Yeah, and your power supply, and usually on island communities and things like that, is normally not very consistent too, mm-hmm. and that'll eat up light bulbs. But the LEDs have been great. Um, I just I did a ch- I did a checklist for a guy, and he had all these crazy 1980s dimmer switches that I bet you most people don't know how to operate. I mean, they have a little tiny button on the bottom for the on and off, but the mo- the big part of it is a slidey upy down thing that never really turns off the light. And I bet people walk around for a whole week with their lights kind of half on. It's, you know, so on off is pretty easy. That's a little thing. People pretty much understand that. But the other thing about electricity is I found this, um, back in the old days, we would, properties had uh, switches on the walls that would control either wall outlets or floor outlets or something then you would plug a lamp into it and um, then you would you could turn on that lamp with that wall switch Uh, i've taken all those um, i've taken all those outlets and made them live because nowadays people are looking for places to plug in their laptops and their phones and stuff like that and if it's turned off at the wall switch there's no way of them ever knowing that so i've done away with those too i did renovations on both my units and it cost me what was it? About three thousand dollars for mm-hmm. each unit to go in there and get all these weird electrical things straightened out. You know, light switches that were behind doors that you'd never see. But it's made all the difference in the world. Talk to me about batteries because oh. <laughs> um, okay. I I I know that you know I had I had a call from from guests at my property 
um, about the remote control for the propane fireplace and, and just so many remote controls, but uh, it hadn't been checked on the changeover. Clearly, the previous guests had run out of batteries in something else, maybe one of their own devices, yep. and had yep. removed the batteries from the propane fireplace remote. I actually keep a little box of spare batteries just in case of an emergency, so I'm not having my housekeeper run all the way out there. But I bought this thing on, on Amazon. i got to say it was less than $10. It's a battery tester. And so rather than you know freaking out and throwing away all your batteries every month, we she just takes them out and tests them. Once a month, we test the batteries, and if they're getting low, we replace them. And that goes for the the alarm, the the, the uh, TV remote, all, all the remotes, ceiling fan remotes, all the remotes we have nowadays, and then the smoke alarms too. And haven't had a problem since. Oh, excellent! So, but I do are, have a little box of emergency batteries. But for some reason, like you said, the guests like to like to help themselves to those as well. But oh, speaking of you know charging things, I've done something that's really cool on really basically every flat surface I have, whether it's an end table or a, a counter. I found these really neat things, and they they hook onto it. And it's a charging station. You run it down. So the people aren't pulling your furniture out of the way to get to a plug down on the floor level. It's right there on the tabletop. So you can sit there with your tablet and plug in right next to it on the sofa. And these things are wonderful. People love them. Uh, I've also got them on every nightstand because nowadays people, uh, they use their, um, their cell phones for their alarm clock and music and everything else. Yeah, the charging station issue, I think, is is big now. Um, I, I had my family over for the weekend, uh, this weekend, and and I said I'm going to I'm going to take a picture of of my kitchen countertop, which had two laptops, three iPads, four phones, yeah. and yeah. everybody's fighting for yeah. the for, for for charging. You know, where can I plug yeah. this in? And then I noticed after they'd gone yesterday that they'd left a charger, obviously because it was in some obscure spot. So. I love that idea of of having them on the nightstands as as well. There's so many essential things, and and I'm going to you 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 were kind enough to give me this wonderful list of of essential things. Now, um, I'm going to hopefully get this on the show notes so people can uh, can check this out because I don't think we're going to have time to go through absolutely everything. But just briefly go over guest amenities. What uh, what is absolutely essential? in the guest amenity um, um again you know uh, it's going to depend on the market and who your competitors are what amenity level but i i always say you should have a higher level of a am- higher amenity level so the guests go wow this is not what i'm used to uh as i found in my market people who go to port aransas have typically been going there for 20 30 years and and they're used to seeing oh basically a 1980s amenity level and so I chose to take these little things and, and take it up a notch. Um, one thing I do, because I don't use uh, the big giant management company on the island, is I'm able to expect my, inspect my linens regularly, my towels, and I make sure I oversupply every place on towels. But I found a big thing in traveling was um, big changes happened in the hotel industry where they've done away with dressers. Um, you'll see that dressers have gone away because uh, people needed workstations more than they needed dressers. And also, it turned out to be dressers are a bed bug issue. So I ended up putting, like I found in many of the high-end hotels, like a shelving unit where they can take basically take their clothes out of their suitcase and put them in a, in a shelving unit. But also, I always have 
theft-proof hangers. Um, I don't like walking into a place. I stayed in a place in the in the Caymans with $600 a night, and there were four hangers in it when we had six people. So uh, I think hangers and hooks are very important, as well as the suitcase stands. I talked to a guy in the hotel industry. He said 30 years ago they they thought they'd done away with those suitcase stands, and now that that they're back in place because people don't want to unpack anymore. And then, uh, of course, I get into the kitchen. I don't. I'm not a big fan of leaving a lot of foods in there in open containers, but I do make sure we have uh, plenty of coffee supplies, uh, some some um, uh, cooking oil, cooking spray. <laughs> I had people ask me why I don't have Tupperware. Uh, and the reason I don't have Tupperware is because it leaves with the leftovers. So we provi- <laughs> so we provided plastic wrap, Ziploc bags, things like that, and plus all the laundry detergent and things that you could want. And then in our bathrooms, we were fully equipped with a line of um, you know shampoos and conditioners and soaps, just a starter set to get you get you through. Not probably for your whole stay. Uh, Q-tips and, and anything, and when also the other thing is in in bathrooms, I've gone with these big liquid soap uh, dispensers rather than have the little bars of soap which just sit on the counter and make a mess. So we've gone with the liquid soap dispensers. The other amenities we try to do, we, we go through some extra ones, especially in the kitchen, things like crock pots. And my big stickler is I make sure my knives are extra sharp. I have a knife sharpener once a month when I'm on property. I sharpen all the knives, and uh, it's just one nice little touch. Well, I think that's that's always been a bugbear of um, of rental guests. Maybe going back into the into the dark ages, the old olden days of of rentals, because it's one thing people used to to, to say that they would mention vacation rental or cottage rental or or villa or whatever type of rental it was and they would talk about rusty uh can openers and and blunt knives that was you you can't have one without the other and and i i I think the the sharp knives is is such a must and i talked to a um a chef on the uh, podcast a, a about six months ago, and uh, and she said she always takes her chef knives with her because that's what you know chefs yeah, do. Right. But she said she she's seeing in more and more places that they're not only providing sharp knives, but there's at least one really good knife. Yep. You know, that there is yep. a good chef's knife there. So that that's that's great to see. I found a brand of, of of knives too. It's called Chicago Cutlery, and it comes in a block. You know, the knife block, and everything's right there. So I can always tell when something's missing or out of sorts or whatever. And if I need to replace one, I can just go to them and replace that knife, and it it has its spot in that knife block, and uh, it's 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 nice versus digging through a drawer of of whatnot. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So I've I've made a note of that Chicago cutlery, and I'll put a link to that on the uh, on the show notes. So so now we're on to your your nice to have things list, um, mm-hmm. which I love because this really is beginning to get into the little things that make the difference. So whereas the essential right. items are those that you know you would expect, and perhaps not if they're there, you're not going to go wow, this is there. But when you get into the nice to have and the wow factor items, you're beginning to get into that area where this, this is creating a feeling in the guests that you have actually thought about their needs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talked about the, the kitchen and the crock pot and the sharp knives. The other one I liked on your list was labeling the silverware tray. And I went to the same place in the Bahamas that labeled all the um, all the lights, all the cupboards 
were labelled as well, but just inside, so it was discreet. But if you opened a cupboard door, it actually had a little label that said what should have been in that, that cupboard, which made it so much easier when you're putting things away. I've got labels say large plates, small plates, coffee cups. <laughs> you know, the, there's, there's no, I mean, I know it sounds a little bit wound up, but actually it, it helps the guests, you know, they're... It's like you're showing them where stuff goes with it without having to be picky about it. And it's, you're right. It's just such a discreet little label. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, it doesn't have to be sort of stuck on the outside. And I have been, no, no. I have been to places, and I went to one. It was a year or so back. But every single cupboard had a Post-it note on the outside of it. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. I, <laughs> but I, the Post-it note was actually taped to it. So, you know, it wasn't so easily removable that you could just pull it off. They'd, they'd scribbled on a post-it note what was in that cupboard and just taped it onto the, uh, uh, onto the cupboard. The post-it notes were all color-coded, color-coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I stayed at a lake house one time, and this, this woman had a, 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 a stick. She had a post-it note taped, like you said, for everything. I mean, instructions on how to take out the garbage, instructions about the gas grill. Oh, my, it was... It was helpful, but it was a bit much. There, there are still. I'm. I say it was a couple of years ago when I saw this one, but I'm sure they're still out there. But you know, I have. I do some. I have a few plaques actually. They're the the engraved plaques. I had a little graver shop make these things up for me. There's a couple idiosyncrasies in my condos, and uh, one is sometimes it takes a long time to get hot water. Mm-hmm. And so I had a plaque, and I own up to it. I say, you know, during certain periods, it takes it could take up to 15 minutes to get hot water. It says, but to speed it up, open up every faucet, drain, I mean, hot tub, whatever, to, to purge the cold water. And I used to have a lot of complaints about the no hot water, but just that little plaque, mm-hmm. giving them the instructions, that little thing, I don't have any problems with the hot water complaint anymore because I, I, I owned up to it. Well, I think that's a great idea. The, the only one that I would, I would say is an absolute no, and it's one because we, all our properties in cottage country are on septic systems. And the amount of times oh. I, I go and uh, I go to inspect a property and I see sometimes, you know, a nicely framed little, little ditty beside the toilet, which says, if it's brown, flush it down. If oh. it's yellow, let it mellow. And it's just, mellow. oh my goodness. Please remove oh. that. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some things you should own, but some you should not. <laughs> well, I'm always amazed yeah. that I'm still seeing that. You know that, that there are ways. I you know I, I completely understand that these septic systems are very fragile, and and need to be treated um, delicately. But there's definitely other ways of getting that message across. As, as you say, if you've got something that's um, that that's going to really help your guests. Uh, not get frustrated at, yeah. at getting the hot water. Then I think that's a great idea. You have another one on this on this list of of nice to haves that I hadn't thought of, which was having a small coffee machine set up in the master suite. Kind of gives you kind of a, another living area. So if you've got different guests and people get up at different times, maybe you get up a little earlier or whatever. Yeah, you can fix a cup of coffee and sit out. We have a, I have a balcony off of the master suite too, mm-hmm. so you could get up there and make a little little cup of coffee and sit out there before everybody else gets up. Yeah, the other one that you got on this list was was in the bathroom, a wall-mounted magnifying mirror. And I I think that that is just such a useful addition to to have in the bathroom and it's inexpensive and there's a lot of people that would really like that uh, that option. 
I get so many compliments on those magnifying mirrors. Um, <laughs> had a lady say me, that thing was the best magnifying mirror. I, she said, I spent two hours there plucking my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. And I remember when I first saw one of those magnifying mirrors in a, in a vacation rental years ago. And and I did exactly the same. It was it was it was the eyebrow eyebrow plucking extravaganza. You know, yeah, are, right. are you getting out of the bathroom, Mum? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've I've noticed it. I stayed at the Westin Hotel in Austin last week for the summit, and they had the the lighted uh, mirrors there on the wall. Plus, you're not you're not eating up counter space with uh, some other you know device, uh, a magnifying mirror. So it it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else can you, uh, can you suggest in the nice to have range of little things? Uh, you know, there's little things I have found in hotels and VRs, alarm clocks drive me insane. Uh, half the time I'll go into place and it's got the wrong time on it or it's flashing or whatever. Then you've got to sit down and figure out how to program that thing, you know, uh, clock and change the hours and the minutes and then you find out you didn't know where a.m. and p.m. was on it and, and then and anyway four in the morning it, the alarm goes off and it's playing you know rap music or something like that you're like ah! I found these very simple alarm clocks they have like four buttons on them and that you either turn the alarm on or turn the alarm off there's no music they have a battery backup, so they always keep the right time. I love these things. Very simple to use. And plus, I don't think that most people really need the clock radio side of things, considering everybody's walking around with a recording studio in their pocket anyway. Yeah, things, things have really changed. And, you know, you hit, hit the nail on the head. It says everybody's got them. Everybody's yeah. got their, you know, they've got their music system. They've got Spotify in their pockets. Why? Why would you need that at all? And I, you know, I'm well, I'm, look, I'm really guilty of that. I've still got the the old fashioned um, clock radios, so uh, so that's now on my list to to swap yeah. out and and actually replace with a charging unit. Well, the other thing I've done along the same line is, um, gosh, we stayed. I uh, it was the Bahamas or somewhere. We stayed at a place that had. I think it was the exact same stereo system that I owned in 1974 or something. You know, the big giant Marantz receiver and and all this stuff. Of course, now everybody has a tablet or a phone. There was no auxiliary jack in that thing that you could you could use to play the music that that you really wanted to listen to. We had to listen to whatever the FM station was in uh, Cayman or Bahamas, wherever it was. That was pretty much our choice. And so what I've gone with is it's really simple, very cheap, and very practical is I just buy uh, your standard computer speakers and any with a with, you, MP3 player speakers and you can plug in your tablet, your phone, whatever, and that's it. There's, there's no messing around or having to learn a, a, a how to work the stereo. Mm-hmm. Well, I think stereos are probably long gone. It doesn't seem any time at all that we, you know, it was boom boxes, and every place yeah. had a boom box. Several, several of the people that I work with have gone and put these Bluetooth speakers in their places, but I, I, they, they say that they have more people. That we, we're not there yet. I, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who really don't know how to pair uh, their device to the Bluetooth yet. Um, so I, mine's just a plain old wire. You plug it into your speaker output, and there you go. you got a stereo. 
You know, there's something else going back to the electrical and lighting thing that I have just big about is motion sense of motion sensor lightings. There's so many really cool products out there. I've got some uh, dark stairways, and for a few bucks, I put these motion sensitive lights. I run off of AA batteries, and it lights up the stairway. I've got a couple entryways that are kind of dark when you first walk in. I got a motion motion sensor light in there that kind of when you walk in, you're not walking in in the dark. And I, I I've got those things all over my house too. I love motion sensor lights, and makes a big difference. And I think you touched on this too, trying to find the light switch. I found that you can buy these these light switches that have um, they they have a little glow to them. You can see them. So that if you're in the hallway, you don't know where the light switch is at night. It's glowing. You can see it from a distance. And that's been a big deal, too. You're so right about the, the motion sensor lights. Um, in in our region, we we get power outages a lot in, uh-huh. in the winter. Or, you know, a little bit of a wind blows up. We've got so many trees that uh, it just takes one one branch to go down in a power line. And then that's, that's the whole community out of power for several uh-huh. hours. So, you know, you've got people who've just arrived to an entirely strange, um, strange house. Uh, They've just got themselves settled in. They've just started a meal and the power goes out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been there and everything goes absolutely black. There is there is no light outside at all. Um, There's no light inside and everybody is is falling over each other. Uh, and and that's where accidents can happen. But just having yep. those motion sensor lights that that actually come on, some of them just come on the moment it goes dark. Right. Um, then uh, that then that makes a huge difference to their safety as mm-hmm. as well as their their general comfort. Right. We had a power power outage a few weeks ago, and there's a bunch of women that were down there on a girls' retreat, and they said, "Well, the power's out. What should we do?" I said. Well, I would get all the motion sensor lights, put them on the coffee table, and just dance around for a while. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a great idea. That'll uh, keep them going. <laughs> let's let's move on to the wow factor because um, you know I want to make sure that because this is this 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 one is really dear to my heart. I did a um, uh, I did a presentation at a at a Homeway Summit a few years ago, um, and it was it was about the wow factor, and and I talked about all the different senses you want to touch on every sense that people have you know their their, their visual sense their sense of smell their hearing um even what they touch and and of course what they taste so what are your what little things can people do that's going to impact that wow factor I spent 30 years in the home building business for one of the biggest home builders in the world and we knew uh, from years and years of doing this, that when somebody walked into a model home, you had to capture all of their senses at once. And you had to start, like you said, when you walked in, you hear that, that, that um, the steel band, you know, it, it sets you into a different mode. And I think you need to do that at the, when the first, uh, the first few seconds and that first 12 feet, as they say, as they, as they enter there, they've got to be put into a different time and place. Um, and so, First of all, my guests at the very front door, they have their own personal code as a, as a keyless entryway. So already this is their house. That's their code. They open the door. We have a motion sensor light, if it's dark at night. And so they're not in the dark. They're in the light. 
Uh, they're greeted with a chalkboard with a personal message to them. If we know it's a birthday or an anniversary, that's included into it. Fresh flowers right on the on the counter. And then we leave the view. Or we have I have blackout shades, but we leave them open. So straight ahead, you're looking at the Gulf of Mexico. So there's kind of our visual sense that you're, you're hit right away. And then uh, we use a, a really my my housekeeper has a product that it really smells very good. It doesn't smell like the cheesy uh, floral stuff that you find in the hotels, but it's it's a very nice fragrance. And then she has a little spray bottle. This is something I picked up in the home building business. And it smells like um, fresh baked cookies. And she just gives it one little spritz right by the front door and it lingers. You, you, you smell that and you feel like you're home. And like I said, we have all of our TVs turned to the smooth jazz channel, which kind of it's it, your so your sound is you're kind of mellowed out. You're at the beach. This is a, a you, you probably just drove for six hours or whatever and had traffic. But within just the visual, the smell, the sound you're transported you're someplace else and here we go i i just think that is that that is so important it's 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 creating this this whole environment that the moment they they walk in the door or the moment they even walk you know come to a driveway if this is a driveway down to a property everything every stress every care about the journey about the job about the you know the stuff you've left behind has all gone and and it's now vacation focused and you're yep. absolutely right with all the little things that you've you've put together from from the absolute essentials um right the way through to the wow factor it is a a, a sum of all those things it's not just one right. thing it's the sum of the million little things that really makes the difference and i would love to hear if from other owners out there who you know if if richard hasn't actually covered anything that that you do which would be very surprising. You know, we really want to know, you know, we'd love you to come along and, uh, and just, uh, you know, make a comment on that, put and um, at the bottom of the show notes and then share them with everybody else. Because this, this whole business now is about networking and sharing these great things with, uh, with other people, because it doesn't matter if your neighbor's doing exactly the same thing. You know, it, it all contributes to the success of the industry as a whole and under you as an owner. So, Richard, this is, you, you know, you've you've given us some amazing tips here. And and I love it when I talk to somebody and I end up with this this long list of things that I'm going to go and spend a couple of hours down at my properties doing and making changes to um, to improve the ambience and the, and the experience for my guests, too. So. Uh, is there anything else that we've missed that you'd like to add? You know, thinking about your properties, I, of course, I've never seen them before, but I did this. I've got a little thing that I get so many compliments on, and I didn't put it on the list. I have uh, each of my units has two balconies that overlook the Gulf of Mexico. In every room, I have a set of binoculars. <laughs> you know, it's a. That's a little thing, but who thinks to bring binoculars with them on vacation? I imagine some people do. But. It, that's what you're paying for is that view of the Gulf of Mexico. There's boats, there's oil rigs, there's things like this, but having the binoculars is just that little thing, you know. And nobody's ever stolen them or anything, you know, but uh, it's, it's a nice touch. That, that would make a huge difference. You know, in my properties, we, you know, we, we don't have great stretch of water, but we have uh, a ton of water birds there's osprey yeah. there's blue heron there's kingfishers 
Um, so yeah, binoculars would be a fabulous idea. So, okay, I've added that to my list too. Richard, you've been a fantastic guest. I've really, really enjoyed talking to you and getting the benefit of your so many years of of experience you have. And so, thank you so much for coming along and sharing that well, with us. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Richard, for sharing all that with us. That was just tremendous. And uh, I wasn't joking when I said that I'd, I'd got a list of things that I was going to go down and sort out at my properties. You know, it's a little bit of that old physician heal thyself stuff. I would say it's probably the same for, for many people that are out there talking about vacation rentals, that, uh, that sometimes they, they do neglect their own and and it's in talking with somebody like Richard that really gives it gives me that kick in the kick in the butt to go out and and make some changes down at my properties down at Osprey and Kingfisher. A couple of things I'm going to do: I'm going to um, buy in some more motion sensors, um, make sure the outside light is changed to a, a motion sensor light. I'm going to I'm going to get a couple of suitcase stands get rid of the dresses and and put some shelves inside the closets because I have you know some really nice big closets in the bedrooms and they just have I mean we I do have plenty of hangers that's for sure um, but I'm going to change one side of it to actual shelves so people could store their their clothes on shelves uh, and but then they have the option if they don't want to unpack at all they can just leave the suitcase on a suitcase stand I'm going to go and check out Chicago cutlery and I'm going to get some magnifying mirrors for my two bathrooms and do away with the alarm clocks and get some more uh, charging stations, get charging stations for each nightstand. But, uh, oh, yes, and I'm going to put a pair of binoculars down at each cottage because there's so many things for people to look at and watch. So I really hope you've got a ton out of this episode because I have certainly have. So let us know. In the uh, in the comments on the show notes at um, at uh, cottageblogger.com. and as ever, as I say at the end of every episode, if you've got a comment uh, that you'd li- just like to address to me personally, or you'd like me to pass on to Richard, just email me at heather at cottageblogger.com and I will get back to you. Once again, I have been delighted, totally delighted, to be with you again today. And I'm looking forward to talking with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.